0: Some may suggest, knowing my taste in music, I was always going to be keen to do this interview and play a bit of music as well. It's not quite run DMC from the 80s or other things like that. But surely, you know, something like the Bomb Funk MCs. How could they feature at the Olympics? They can feature because break dancing, well that's what we know it as, but it's called breaking. It's going to be at the Olympics. Freestyle. Imagine that rocking through a stadium and you've got judges who have already been out there dancing themselves, looking for interpretation and moves. We've got two competitors going to Paris. Jeff Dunn, who's a 16-year-old. That sort of suits the bill, doesn't it? You know, you've got a young kid like we saw skateboarding in in Tokyo, but a 36-year-old university lecturer is going as well in breaking... Rachel, Raygun, Gun. I mean, when you hear Bomb Funk MCs, you almost want to jump out and start doing your stuff. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I was grooving a little bit at home.
1: That track is a classic, yeah. classic.
0: Oh, it... it... Yeah, it's, it's just awesome. Isn't it? Uh, congratulations. You've known that you were going to the Olympics for a while, but it was officially uh, announced in the last week or so to punch your ticket to Paris for a sport that I'm sure you've been involved in for such a long time. And mm. now you're going to be an Olympian because of it. It it, it seems yeah. unreal. It is
1: unreal. I'm still wrapping my head around it. Even though I qualified end of October, um, it still feels a little bit like a dream and I'm going to wake up <laughs> at some point and and it was all a really nice dream. But I know, I mean, I got into it never thinking that Olympics would be on the cards. I got into it because I loved it. And and it's such an exciting and challenging dance and it's such a beautiful community to be a part of. and And here I am now going to the Olympics, going to represent my country.
0: So what a dream. And I was thinking about this, the fact that you're 36 years of age and a uni lecturer and maybe I was influenced by seeing all the the teenagers go and compete in in skating in in Tokyo. But Mm. thinking about it Mm -hmm. a bit more, I think, well, really the 80s was when the explosion of of breakdancing started. Now, am I being too simplistic here comparing breakdancing to breaking, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, it's changed a lot over the last forty years. Um, Breakdancing, of course, was was a media term that emerged in the early '80s. It's not a term that came from the culture. Um, And it often incorporated a few different dance styles. So you wouldn't just see breaking, you'd also see some popping and locking. So I'm I'm sure a lot of people that are thinking back to what they knew from the 80s are thinking of something very different to what they're going to see in the Olympics. You know, we've had international level competitions for at least the last 20, 25 years. And the, the dance style has just continued to innovate. The difficulty, the athleticism, the complexity has only continued to grow over these last 40 years.
0: So, yeah. How long have you been competing in the formalized event? I mean, 20 years. It's a long history.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, I've been competing for the last 12 years. Um, but you know, we, we've had a really strong, uh, scene in Australia, of course, since the early eighties, but we definitely had a second wave a second generation, uh, since the early two thousands, that bomb punk MCs track really inspired a whole new wave of breakers. Uh, those finished breakers really, um, really, uh, you know, excited a whole new generation. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's really been going and growing and, and it's really international
0: in its scope. Rachel Gunn is with us. She's one of two Australians who are going to represent our country in breaking at the Paris Games. It was at the Youth Olympics back in 2018 and was such a hit there that uh, they've decided to bring it in for this year's Games. A couple of things if you're not aware of how it works. So I, I love this part of it, Rachel. The judges actually go out there and do some breaking before they then judge <laughs> the athletes. Am-, am I right there? Yeah.
1: Absolutely, they do. They do get down at the start of the event, we get to see their skills, their knowledge, how many you know years they've been breaking, it all comes out on the dance floor at the start of the competition. and and you know we do that for a few reasons. One, because we are all involved in the culture. This is not just um, a, a kind of activity you do, this is becomes a lifestyle, this becomes who you are, so you never stop breaking. And two, well, because of how much the form continues to innovate year in, year out, it's really important for us to see that the judges um, are still active and they're still aware of those innovations. They're still aware of those developments. So it's nice. They get down at the start. You get to see a little bit the range of different approaches and knowledges they have um
0: before the event actually starts yeah that's pretty interesting i could imagine mel Wu <laughs> at the top of the 10 meter platform asking her judges to do three and a half somersaults <laughs> in the pike position before they actually judge mel do it or or our gymnasts yeah. or, or so forth it, it it's absolutely a, it's a bit offbeat isn't it uh, how did you get into it now um, you sort of think of the the culture sort of are you just you know finding a piece of floor in a garage or a community hall somewhere and you've got a boom box going on or or was it formalized from the <laughs> outset for you
1: oh look I was introduced to breaking uh through my boyfriend uh he's now my husband and my coach <laughs> so I totally fell in love uh with the dance, um, just as he already was. And yeah, he took me along to some of his training sessions and it was, it was very, I mean, it is a very male dominated, uh, dance style, though we are seeing more and more women in the last few years, though women have always been a part of it. Um, and, and he's been, you know, hugely encouraging of me to learn the dance, to push myself, um, and to reach a level that I I just never thought would be possible.
0: So, you know, hugely indebted to him. So how does the competition work? Do you just get one go? How long do you have to break for?
1: Yeah, great question. So at the Olympics, there's going to be a group stage. And then so there's 16 competitors, 16 B-girls, and they're going to choose the top eight to go through to the next round. Um, So from the top eight, just because that's a bit easier to explain, uh, it's essentially matches, So you are matched up against another competitor and the judges are comparing you both. So who does better across some
0: categories? Best eight performances individually and then you've got uh, four groups, two groups, then the final, basically. So you'd have to break... Well,
1: actually, I mean, it's... Yeah, it's not actually individual performances for that group stage. They're still matches.
0: Oh, okay. And you've
1: got to try and win the most matches within your group. And those, and those top eight go through
0: to the next round. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: it's... Yeah, more similar to kind of the World Cup style.
0: Okay. Setup. Yeah, uh, Rachel Gunn is with us. She's Australia's representative, female representative at breaking in the 2024 Paris Games. Uh, her... Fellow breaker is a 16-year-old, Jeff Dunn. And, of course, you've got your names. You're Ray gun That makes sense. Um, Jeff is J-Attack, like all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's pretty gnarly. And, and your day job, <laughs> Rachel, you're a uni lecturer. So I am, how do yeah. these two worlds meet? Uh, look, so
1: when I started breaking, I was also starting my PhD and I – realized that there wasn't a lot of research done on breaking culture um, and there was not a lot of research kind of done on on Australian hip-hop particularly in the recent years so I decided to investigate that as my thesis topic and I looked at the gender politics of the Sydney scene and I was able to draw on my own experience as a B girl, as well as do interviews and some critical theory and things like that. And then I just kind of kept doing both. You know, I, I went into um I got a job at Macquarie and I am a lecturer. And I continued doing my research just as I continued breaking. Um so you know, both careers have been
0: growing at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Uh Obviously injuries like any sport, they're a, they're a part of it and, mm. and international competition. So from that point of view, what physical demands come into being a top line breaker and how often do you have to go overseas to test yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, great question. Look, you know, obviously strength and conditioning is a really important part of breaking uh, particularly because you're, you're using your body in a lot of ways that it you know wasn't really designed for, doing things on your head, doing things, you know, your whole weight on your hand, uh, you know, kind of with your arm out to the side. So strength and conditioning and, and mobility is a really important part of, of um, injury prevention and injury management. And uh, look, there's, there's competitions all year round for braking. We don't really kind of have a... Um, on season, off season. So I have been fortunate enough to, to go overseas. I think last year I went overseas three times competing um, and I'll go over again in um, just before the games. I'll be in Europe actually competing in a couple of competitions. So it's really awesome to get that international experience and to also try and, you know, to show people what, what Australian breakers can do.
0: I love 90s dance music, so I'm going to be watching for sure because that's part of <laughs> what I love away from, from sport. Now you're combining the two things together. Um, Rachel, just to finish up with, the meaning of being an Olympian. For many, this is seen as obscure. It, it, we don't know how long it's going to be at the Games. It's locked in for Paris, but we don't know beyond that. But in, mm. in your life, you're going to be an Olympian. What does it mean to you?
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, no words, honestly. I'm still speechless. Um, it's such a privilege to to be able to call myself an Olympian and to get this opportunity to represent Australia. I mean, I just never thought this was on the cards for me. I was I was a dancer. I've always been a dancer. I haven't been a um, you know m- as much of a sporty person. But going in breaking and then developing the athleticism that's needed for breaking and and to be able to to show my skills at that level. Uh, it means the world to me. So I, I feel really, really grateful for that
0: opportunity. All the best. It's been great to hear your story and share a little bit more knowledge with our listeners as to what we can expect. And, look, an excuse for another great beat, maybe? Then it
1: goes a little stuff like this.
0: Is this the kind of stuff we're going to get?
1: I don't think so, to be honest.
0: These are quite retro-tracked, but I'm appreciating them nonetheless. <laughs> oh, no run DMC. Oh, okay. Rachel? <laughs> no, probably not run DMC. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time and good luck in Paris and in the lead-in. Yeah. Thanks
1: so much, Quentin.